Hi everyone, it's the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for August 30th, Tuesday, 2022. That's Ian Ferguson and his true classic tea, nice and comfy, I'm Pat Contry. We got a show today, don't we Ian? We do. Talking about where we are at with modern gaming with the PS5 price increase and Phil Spencer saying to be less exclusive games as time goes on. Wow. Uh, Warner Brothers regrets doing the Snyder Cut. Gamescom happened. Sakurai started a YouTube channel. And other stuff's been happening. I bloviated wax nostalgic about Knight Rider before we started recording this on the exclusive patreon.com slash CU podcast. Bonus bits. Bonus bits. Bonus. You didn't want to knock me out because I was talking about how much I wanted to go back and live in 1983 with a leather jacket and my big hair when it was in fashion. Um, you know. Little, 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 little nostalgia. We, we decided this is season four, Michael Knight here. His, yeah. his poof came down as the seasons went on. <laughs> it wasn't in style anymore in 85, 86 when the show ended in, in its fourth year. So, uh, how was your weekend? It was okay. Yeah. I tried to relax yesterday. I always consider Monday part of the weekend. This is like a Monday to me terms of work the podcast is the first like get up and go day where you have to do a lot of work but uh no it's okay i got indian food with a friend uh frank had a nice little get together with uh three of the guys a guy's night like his two of his older friends and me and uh we had uh trouts with heads on them i, I never had a, a fish like oh, really? a full, full fish before it's good it's tasty oh yeah and it was always obviously gutted only had yeah. the spine in it and the head the head bothers me still i like get the head off away and put it on a plate <laughs> I, and um, no, I, it was easier than I thought. I pulled this the this spinal cord out, a la Sub Zero, mm-hmm. and most of it came out. There's still little pieces. Of yeah, you, get, you lose you gotta, a little something. You got in there. Sometimes. You know, it's like you got to get that out. But it's, it's a lot of fish and a trout. About you know, it's like 18 inch trout. You know, yeah, trout's good. It's probably like a good pound and a half of of uh, meat on that. Almost, it was a heavy fish. I, uh, and then for, oh, oh. oh no, Frank made his rice peel off. He loves the peel off. The wild rice peel off is good. Oh, yeah, it's good. Intermittent <laughs> and then also his friend richard uh did grilled asparagus on the grill oh, grilled asparagus yeah of course it's on the grill but and then um yeah grilled then, bacon wrapped asparagus oh, is really good too oh and then for dessert i bought a one of those like you go to the store you buy like the the chocolate cake rings the rings mm-hmm. that for some reason the the sauce on it tasted like medicine it tasted off i don't know why it's like it tastes like rum, but this is not alcoholic. Like it tastes like a rum cake, but it wasn't. It was weird. Uh, then I got macaroons. We all who doesn't like a macaroon? I can eat like seventy of those. Coconut's so good. They're good. Um, that was my weekend. Was eating. I was in Tijuana helping Vani with her mom, who has been very sick, and that's about as much details I'm going to go into on that. Uh, I got back last night. Uh, I did not eat well over the weekend. It was a very busy weekend. It was mostly a uh, I lived mostly off of protein shakes. 
protein shakes and diet coke was what got me through the weekend okay uh and i ate like uh like a like an animal i ate like half a cantaloupe on uh sunday when i was making some fruit salad for her mom i just like it, it was like i got i tasted a little piece and like all of the lack of nutrition that had been going it needed those piece, vitamins it kicked it in and i just like oh like a like an animal cantaloupe's good um so I decided today I made a bold decision this morning. Now that I am back in town uh, and I need some real food, I am ordering the Mona Lisa's uh, eggplant sub tonight. It's good eggplant. It's a fucking It's good sub. eggplant. It's a fucking Damn it. Intermittent sub. fasting. Yeah. Damn it. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that tonight. Frankly, oh. I've got nothing else on my plate. I don't return to work to, until tomorrow uh, at my day job because I just I've got to go home and get my life in order a little bit. So that's going to be the centerpiece of my oh. day. I'll probably get a cannoli too. Okay, won't be the cannolis we had no, back east, I, but I know I've had Mona Lisa's I got cannolis into, before. I got into our, I got into an argument with Frank about that. I said, Frank, I want to order cannolis and have them shipped from New York. He said, nah, it's getting out. I said, Frank, it's probably been way too long since you had it. I was, I'm telling you, Frank. I said, you should let me order them. For you. I, I ordered the Struffley every tell, year. Just, just tell I just them do these it. are the pastries I shouldn't that ask. made me cry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't yeah. do I just fucking I – should, I shouldn't – and I pay for it, Frank, by the way. Frank, Ian cried. They were so good. I, I hate when people <laughs> say not to do things where they don't have to pay for it. Or it's like, let, let me pay for it and yeah. get it. My mom used to do that. My mom was like, why did you buy that? Because I wanted people to enjoy it, mom. Yes. We're not – you don't – my mom still always thought she was living with her like seven siblings that like, yes, they were probably there. You know, they, they couldn't spend money on a lot of stuff. It's like, mom, let us enjoy stuff while we have life on this planet. Like, let me buy stuff. Like, she's always. You can't anyway. take it with you. No. So just fucking. I can't take this shit with me. Enjoy it. I can't take that that copy of Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat with me. I want to. Anyway. So um, what was I saying? I want to I just order $100 worth of pastries and have it shipped. Yeah, you should. I just want to, I want to do that. Speaking uh, of pastries. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, what were you going to say? No, no, you go first. Pastries are more important. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of pastries, Kirby's Dream Buffet kind of came okay. out silently. Well, I want to tell you about my New Mexican experience. Oh, no. Time. Please tell me about that. Because it's always a big thing where I try a New Mexican place. Mm-hmm. I try, there's a, like Sombreros is really good. Colima's I, I told you about. Whenever I, I, I always juggle around in my head, like which ones I like, what I, they offer. I never like to say I don't like it. Jesus. I'm not big on Sombreros. Sorry. Not. Did you have. Their calamari taco. Did you have their fried calamari taco? It's no. really fucking good. Not many places have that. Could change taco. my opinion because uh, calamari taco is probably my favorite like seafood taco. It's so good. And most places don't have it, like regular Mexican places. So I tried Tony's Mexican. They're in Hillcrest, and DoorDash recommends it to me like randomly. I guess I never saw it before. So I was like, okay, uh, Tony's uh, Tony's fresh Mexican. Yep, excuse there it me, is. I got it. Uh, Four stars, according to a certain online. Uh, <laughs> it's it's four and like a couple of different things. Two point five on Yelp though, but Yelp uh, sucks. Well, I was gonna say I looked at. It, I was like, no, I'm gonna give it a go. So why did I like Tony's Fresh Mexican food? Why did you? Um, well, now I'm trying to find the the freaking menu. I always tried the breakfast burrito. You can't fuck up a breakfast burrito. It's really tough. Like any breakfast you have is gonna be usually pretty good. Uh, uh, the Buenos Dias, yes. Um, how do I log into this? I got to log in with my Facebook or my Google. So I got their breakfast burrito there. It didn't say on DoorDash what it was in it. I had to go to the website. Which one did I get? I got the ultimate ones. And I'm trying to find the menu. There's actually two Tony's fresh Mexican. Okay. Which one is it? There's two on DoorDash. There must be two within distance here. 
Oh, uh, this is the place that has changed names a few times. Oh, that's just not a good. Used sign, to be but... Santana's, then it was Fresh Mexican. It was like Fresh MXN, and now okay. it's Tony's Fresh well, Mexican. I can tell because the Buenos Dias burrito has been in all of those. Okay, well they offer a one pound. Literally, it says one pound California burrito, so you know what you're getting. Jesus, yeah, yeah, uh, for ten bucks, can't go wrong. So I got the the Supreme or the Ultimate. What sounds better? They're they're all the same price. That's why I couldn't decide. I got the, I think I got the Supreme. Now I'm trying to make sure which Tony's I actually went to. So Ian, it was like a fucking, the most dense burrito I'd ever had. Bacon, ham, chorizo, eggs. I think it had That's cheese. Supreme. That's the Supreme. And it was all ground up. Like, oh, yeah. ground, grind it all up. When you bite, it was so, like, like, like fucking Rick, uh, producer, it's like talking about stars. It's so dense. Every bite has so much in it. I couldn't eat in a third of it. Like, cause, cause it was a big burrito. We're talking probably so much, just meat mashed together, all the types. Um, which one was it now? Because they had something particular. I want to bring up with you to get you excited because it's something that most Mexican places don't have because this isn't technically Mexican. It's more like a Central American Mayan thing that I was going to tell you about, and now I can't find it on the fucking menu. They offered Accioti chicken. Yep, I see it. Never heard of it before I saw it on the menu. Most most places in California have shredded chicken, pollo asado. Yeah. That's pretty much what they have, right? Mm-hmm. And a pollo asado is just like a marinade. Or, you know. Accioti chicken is different. It comes from this uh, weird plant that I believe is more Central America. It's it's uh, it's a reddish. Yeah, it's red. It's a, it's very red. It's a reddish uh, sort of. And they grind it up. It's a red uh, like red seed. They grind it up, and it bakes differently and tastes closer. Not not necessarily like tandoori chicken, but closer to that. Nachoori is awesome. So I never had it before. So I got the nachos with it. On oh it. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that right now. That would be good as fuck. It was fucking delicious. Yeah, it was succulent. It was like it's like a reddish sort of chicken, and I wish more places around here offered it. It's the first place I ever saw it offered it, and it was delicious. This actually sounds really good. I just want to bring it up. The golden egg burrito. Hit me in. Uh, carne asada, jack cheese, rice, and chipotle sauce, but the eggs are over easy. So they run inside. They when you... run inside and make and, and, and like rice in a burrito. There's a time and a place for it, and this is the place for it because that rice is going to soak up all that yolk. So let me tell you something. Good. So I, I, I respect. tell you something. I, I respect Tony's Fresh Mexican because they're doing some different things there. They're, 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 Maybe they're, I'll give them another shot. They're pushing the envelope. I didn't like. All right, them. Well, we'll try that Acciote chi- chicken. Where does it come from again? Uh, it's it's a it's a weird plant, and that's why it's like I don't think it's traditionally Mexican. Um, it comes from the Orellana or, or, Oriana shrub. Like, where the hell is that? So uh, it, there is Mexican uh, achiote. Oh, there is? Okay. Yeah. It's also, uh, I believe it's called anato. Anato. Uh, so a... you've definitely seen that someplace else. Achiote is not uh, the common... T- well, achiote, I think, is the proper term for it, but anato They're is using, another. Okay, I'm reading an article. It's used interchangeably. Yeah. Achiote and anato okay. are used interchangeably. It's, gotcha. Gotcha. I, I never heard it before. I never saw it. It's a rub. It's like a reddish rub. That, that's all. Yeah, I loved it. Sorry, Ian. Now I'm fucking starving. It's Hit okay. me with something that has nothing to do with food. Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, we're going right into food, which is, uh, again, which is Kirby's Dream Buffet came out. 
Uh, I was excited for that. Just bringing it up real quick. It's a fun game. You play as Kirby. You run. Uh, there's a bunch of different courses. It's kind of got like a Fall Guys setup, but it's only four players. I like uh, but it. all the food is delicious. Like looking, you're just running through cakes and popsicles and uh, bacon slides and things like that. Um, it's a little random, you know, you, you do, uh, you do a course and then a battle Royale and then a course and then a battle Royale. And no matter how good you do on uh, everything else, that last battle Royale is pretty, pretty decisive. You okay. can, you can go you from can... fourth to first and from first to fourth. But, um, for the, I, it was, I, I think we maybe guessed the price as like 1999 or 2999 at most when we covered it, uh-huh. it's 15 bucks, 15 bucks. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo released a game for 15 bucks. I was like, fuck. So it's it's well worth the 15. It's a fun game. And it's multiplayer only. Uh, no, well, there's there's single player races, but oh, I mean, you're buying it to hit go online and play against other people. $15 first party title. Super Mario 35 would have been the first experiment. They, did, they made a 15 bucks. Everyone would have bought it, would have bought it for that. Yeah, kept it around. Yep, absolutely. Still pissed about that. Um, Gamescom happened this past weekend. It sure did, Ian. Uh, I've got two two things that I I, I, I a lot of this is not Anything like super big coming out of there. Well, there's two things that I think are important. Um, one, Sonic Frontiers got a real like a, a good official like where this game is almost ready trailer, and I think the game actually looks pretty good. And it just makes me go back to uh, what a boneheaded idea it was to put all that footage out there uh, that IGN got of sure. like people messing around with beta versions. It made the game look awful. You don't want to show a game in that condition. Um, but this definitely makes me feel like the game is going to be pretty decent. Um, and then the other big one for me was the uh, AEW game. Or not a- a- yeah, AEW. AEW. Uh, I've never watched Fight an episode Forever. Of, it's, uh-huh. called? it's called Fight Forever, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Never watched an episode of AEW. I don't think I would dislike it. Uh, I just, I haven't. Uh, My main reason for being interested in this game is it literally just bites No Mercy's gameplay. Uh, The AKI style um, wrestling games on the N64. Based upon uh, button pressing and holding them down for stronger moves. Just uh, where you got a strike button, a grab button, and then a strong grab when you hold it down. Uh, strong hits uh so i think that's going to be a lot of fun i love wrestling games i haven't bought one in a long time if this has a good create a player mode uh i could see myself getting really into it yeah we need competition yeah we, we need more than one wrestling game but basically we need we, we need like we need a competitor to push each other yeah like back in the old days this is what happened with the wcw and wf games they were on the n64 they were pushing each other to do different things and improve having only one company do the same shit all the time is not good. You need variety. Yeah. Um, I also think it's amusing that just like uh, back then, WCW was kind of like the underdog to WWF. Maybe not not at the time, but I, I just think it's interesting that AEW and WCW get this kind of gameplay, whereas WWF I, okay. has, oh, has no, done WCW it. WCW pulled ahead for a couple of years. They yeah, were, no, absolutely. From like 96 to like 98, they were, they were it. Um, well, at least 96, 97. The WWF sucked in 96 and 97. Like, there were nothing going on. 98, was, 99 weren't. Well, 98. 96, I said 96, 97. Yeah, no, 98, yeah. I'm saying, is that's where I, it yeah. started. In 98, when Austin won WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, that's when officially they were like, okay, WWF is back at that point. 
that's when it was neck and neck for a little bit, and Goldberg won the title God, that you're summer. Right. For whatever reason, I thought that was like early 2000s. Yeah, that what? was that was 98. Our era was done by early 2000s. Yeah, no, I know. I, Just... It was done after they, they tried to bring the NWO and WWE in 2002, and that was a fucking disaster. My brain ain't working right today. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm always, I always know the wrestling years with things. It's like doing baseball stats. Uh, Dead Island 2 trailer. I forgot, but the first game was so long ago. Zombies on an island. There you go. More zombies. But people will be looking forward to that. Can you play it any way you want on the island? Is that why it's different? Or is it still like mission based? I think that? it's open. I think it has like it's that kind open. of borderland structure where you, okay. well, that's you go around, you take on missions, you do stuff. Okay. Uh, Kojima has a podcast. <laughs> Everyone has a podcast. Not uh, uh, oh, does he? Starting a podcast. I've sure. called Brain Structure. Huh. There you go. Uh, beginning of September eighth, uh, Hideo Kojima will be launching his very own podcast on Spotify called Brain Structure, which will be a deep dive into his into his brain and shed light on his creative process. Uh, and then hopefully he's not going to be interviewing Alex Jones in a couple months. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> You imagine that Kojima just comes like a conspiracy theorist on his podcast. No. Please no. Uh, Return to Monkey Island gets a September release date. Uh, Dune game, AW Fight Forever. He just talked about that. Um, I wonder if that'll be a yearly series every other year because back in the late nineties, it was it was every year for those franchises for both for both WWE. Sometimes there was multiple in one year. You got like Nitro. Uh, the shitty Nitro, and you got another WWE game in the same year. Yeah, Nitro this one on the consoles. Thunder were so bad. Thunder, uh, uh, Nitro is a fucking horrific game. Thunder is a um, little bit better, but not by much. I would rather play. I would rather play Thunder than either uh, Attitude or uh, Raw. Though some people like the Attitude engine. I, got I a, hated. I think it. I got a decent review in the certain N sixty four guidebook just Ooh. because of a lot of like extra reviews. It's a, I don't like that. I don't like that engine. No, I hate it. ECW uh, used that engine too. I mean, it was a claim. It was like a yeah. claim as it was dying. It's, it's, it's. I personally think it's fucking dog toys. It's awful. Um, Warhammer game. What else we got here? Anything else here? No, a lot. Of, I, I told you uh, I had two things that I thought were about this to bring up. Uh, a killer clowns from outer space game coming a three versus three seven, versus seven <laughs> multiplayer game. Is that the thing? Three versus seven? Yeah, I think it's got a little bit. Uh, I think it's got some of the team members, or at least one team member from the uh, developers that did the Friday the Thirteenth game, and it's going to be similar to that. Three versus seven. That's just an interesting thing. Um, all right. Well, that there's some more stuff happening. Um, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, Gamescom is is. Were they back last year? Did they have an in person? Yeah, they last did year? because that's where the Amico was uh, shown. Um, well, that's they had an interview about it. I don't think it was playable, but well, it was. There was like there was a video with, that showed them playing after yeah, it, oh, with that one guy for like it, thirty minutes. It was like an infomercial. I'm that's just right. saying yeah. that yes, there was a Gamescom because that's where that was. It was like an infomercial thing. Um, actually, one last thing from Gamescom though: uh, uh, Pokemon collaborates with Mini to reveal a new EV with a projector for movies and games. This is from Brandon Saltamakia, Retro Dodo. Uh, great little, just a cute thing. Um, Mini. Is, is bringing out a new electric vehicle uh, called the Ace Man. And to promote it, they uh, kind of fake packaged one up to look like a toy at Gamescom. Uh, it's Pikachu themed, uh, electric car, electric Pokemon. And uh, it's a weird little car. It has some strange add ons. Like uh, there's a circular touchscreen on the dashboard that like does light shows on the dashboard. It, it's it, like. Is it, that just for this? this uh... 
prototype model or is that going to be like, like anyone you buy i i don't know um but i think you i think it's it's going to be for all of them uh the promotional video also shows that they have a projector that you can use to uh project onto the wall okay. to watch movies or play games okay. just a very very strange strange car go down go down to the schoolyard and project it against the school uh, brick wall yeah and play some games but anyway i just thought that uh, your fucking fifty thousand dollar electric mini however how much it's going to cost more than anything, Minis I just thought always, the packaging was cute. Minis historically have been overpriced for what you get because they were like the chic car to have like 12, 15 years ago, you know, and they're just they're underpowered, undersized cars. Italian job really brought the, yeah. the Italian job remake really brought them back into yeah. the forefront. Yeah, they got them over here. But like when I was investing in at the time in the mid 2000s, I'm like, these there's, they're not that powerful. They're just small cars and they're overpriced for what you get. It's I think all they're the adorable, marketing. but yeah, it's the, just. Yeah, there were always a little bit more than other cars in their class back then. It's a car cast. Now I'm doing the car cast. I see you car cast. Everything uh, but games. That's cute. We'll see what happens with that that Pikachu model car. Who ends up getting that in their garage? Uh, Sakurai's doing the easiest thing possible after working his ass off for years and years on on. Smash Brothers, he's starting a YouTube channel. Well, it'll be a lot easier than doing the games. Maybe. Um, but it's a it's a great channel, and I think this is uh, oddly a, a, a feel-good sort of story. Um, after three years of basically posting screenshots every day of Smash Brothers on his Twitter, he announced that he's going to do a YouTube channel. And I think it's uh, a very interesting idea. He's going to do bite-sized presentations on game development. Um, the guy's, act, you know obviously a genius game designer uh you know the father of kirby and you know the smash brothers series and um these little two to five minute videos are oh based, geez there's are, already several out yeah God. uh they focus on uh not Risk technical reward. stuff uh, uh hit stops um they focus on theory more than anything risk and reward and space invaders just simple sort of oh interesting but yeah, and I, I'm sure he's going to get a little bit more detailed as time goes on. But he did say that he's leaving out a lot of technical stuff on purpose because sure. he wants it to appeal to everyone. But it's it's good stuff. I mean, if you're a game developer, this is, you know, you probably already know a lot of this. But anyone getting into it could probably could learn a lot. From yes. This. Talking about like the theory of the attack range of the aliens. Yeah. You know, how, how you're more in danger when they're close. You know, you have to like the sweet spot of when to go after it. You know things like that. No, it's 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 interesting. It's and I'm glad he's using older games to, that the people watching may not realize how important these games were. Sure. In the history of, of development, um, and what these mechanics sort of uh, gave people. Interestingly, uh, it's not associated with Nintendo at all. He's doing it 100 on his own. He got clearance from Nintendo to use certain documents that he's going to use in some of That's the videos. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, no, he's hired a staff. He's paying them. So uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's really getting into it. There's a Burger Time cameo in the Kirby's Dreamland video. I didn't know that. I didn't watch any of these. I would have watched a couple. I got I to gotta go through these. They're I mean, short. Five they're minutes short. long? Yeah, two to five minutes is what he's aiming for. And it's only about a week old. So yeah, I, I mean, they're great. That's very interesting. I wonder when he went to Nintendo and asked that, and they're like, oh, you have to keep everything secret. I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to do this. I, 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 I earned this. I'm, 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 I'm pulling rank. I made you plenty fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't see, I didn't see sunshine for years. Right. <laughs> it's funny that he felt the need to post a screenshot every day on his, on his Twitter account. That's just so they funny. They were funny. They were, they were always like, like weird, funny weird things screenshots, that happened too. That yeah. he came across. Uh, you know, it's not funny. The Snyder cut, you can't even call it a cut, the Snyder version of Justice League. Right. 
This and came out. Not a cut. <laughs> no, because because they shot new shit, got money to do effects that didn't originally exist and things like that. Uh, Warner Brothers execs reportedly regret releasing the Snyder Cut, citing fan aggression. After a years-long fan campaign, Warner Brothers released Zack Snyder's Justice League in 2021. Have you ever seen that yet? Did you no, watch it? No, I'm not okay, I, watch I took it. it for the team and I watched that fucking yeah, four-hour god. I, I appreciate you. But one, reports, absolutely not. but one report says the studio wishes it hadn't. Uh, in a recent report from Variety, the news in the Hollywood backlot on DC's lengthy struggle to find its own version of Marvel's Kevin Feige, which they're supposedly they're hiring someone. Uh, the magazine revealed that Studio X internally regret releasing Zack Snyder's Justice League. According to Variety, they felt that releasing it, referred to as the Snyder Cut by fans, only emboldened fans to oppose Warner Brothers' leadership at every turn. Yeah, what do you think is going to fucking happen yeah. when you reward assholes? Yes. This is never This is never in the history of anything ever fucking worked out. No. Just dumb. dumb you don't, dumb you don't give in to terrorists. Yeah. That's why. Exactly. You don't then, negotiate because they're always Because it's going to get uh, louder... And, then, and not accept any decision you make going forward with the weird hopes that you're going to bring back, uh, the, you know, the guy that helped your fucking movies drastically underperform and be critically panned. Yeah. Like, that's, remember, you were right, Warner Brothers, to toss his ass off. You were dumb to put him in power in the first place and give him keys to the kingdom, but you were right to toss him. You're absolutely yep. right to toss him. Absolutely. Um The movement to release the Snyder Cut came shortly after the theatrical release of the original Justice League. And then we talked about it a week or two ago that it was a lot of bots and a lot of it was a lot of fake yeah. sort of like push for that. Twitter is not real life. It can reflect reality, but it is not reality. Jesus Christ. Um, God. You know what is reality? What's reality? UltimateNintendo.com. Is Why reality. is it reality? Well, you can get real stuff like uh, your books, uh, stickers, pins, uh, goodies, RBI baseball stickers. I brought you back your scissors. You did, got my, but those like gloss over the sticker things, Ian, because this is the first time it's being offered. That's now. right. You kind of, you kind of just shoehorn that. The stickers. This is how I usually go. You, you fill in the gaps. We have three podcast stickers, four inches. We got the four inch one. We got the, and the three inch. We ones got here. limited. We got Danny, and we got the logo. We got the logo sticker for sale. This comes in a three pack. We got Danny approved, which was an older T shirt that people don't remember, and we got the limited, which was also a shirt. Which you can get on the site if you're small. So we got those. <laughs> if you're small. And then if you want to go for Frank, we got the Frank and Pat combo. Got the Frank face. You should put that in yours. Get the Frank one in. Um, and you got the Pat. Are these sticking together? These always stick together. That's, this, yeah, they do. I got to make sure not to send you two at once because they always stick together. It's like a magic trick. They are two Frank. You want a Frank sticker? Did, um, I give you a, did I give you a Frank one? No, you did not. There you go. There's a Frank one for next week. And then I got the Pat. At UltimateNintendo.com. We got them going there. Finally, we got him going. We couldn't get the we couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the noise, the sound uh, little device, but whatever. We couldn't we couldn't, make couldn't that find happen. anything that looked quality enough. No, we are only the best for the, those that see podcast uh, that like us. You're going to be on uh, Twitch Wednesday. Night, I Bob? will be on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Contra Code. Ian will not be Excellent. there. Exclamation point! Ian Ian is not in the chat. That's actually a command. It's great. It's actually a command that people randomly use. Crypto is BS. We know this. But a new Forbes report says that uh, more than half of all Bitcoin trades are fake. They've looked at 157 crypto exchanges in order to come up with that. Uh, it's a very dense article. It's so dense. Every piece of God, Rick McCallum, <laughs> that fucking idiot. 
God, the, the behind the scenes of episode one is so great to watch. Watch those in college on the DVDs. And, and, wow. Uh, so anyway, so um, obviously the more volume, I guess, traded, the higher the, the cost of Bitcoin, the less volume it goes down. That's all it is. It's not fucking magic. I said this five years ago when yeah. I warned people not to get into it right before it crashed. It, it, it um, also pumps up visible activity, uh, you know, and makes it look like it's more active than it is. Yes, it, it accomplishes two things. Um, so anyway, so yeah, be careful if you get into, I mean, be careful, it's too late. If you got into it, uh, seven months, six months ago, you lost like 70% of, uh, of your, of your value. There was, there was the web three is going great. A little post about someone on Reddit who was complaining because he got divorced from his wife. And in the agreement, the wife got all the real assets, got like the house and got like the, the actual, uh, fiat money in the bank account. And then he got crypto because back in the fall it was going up and it was worth more. Now it's worth absolute dog shit compared to what the wife got. And he was asking, well, how do I go back on this deal? You, you don't. don't, you signed a fucking deal with your wife who was, <laughs> who was more. smarter about it and realized, no, I actually want the, the, oh the actual money I could spend and get a, a, get a fucking Coke with. I can spend this dollar or two. I can actually buy things with this because it's actually accepted universally money. I'm sure if it um, was, if the shoe was on the other foot, the guy would totally be real magnanimous about it. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, adjust the fucking it. I don't, I don't want to try to guess about how the relationship ended, but it was funny to see that. Yeah. Um, the dollar is actually, well, this is going to come up, I believe, later. The dollar has actually been, has been strengthened across the world against currencies during this uh, sort of recession, which is interesting. Yeah, that is. So now's the time to travel. You want to go to Japan? You want to go to Europe? Uh, the euro and the, and the pound and the yen are as weak as they'd almost ever been. Canadian, uh, Canadian dollar. The Australian dollar, the, the dollar, the dollar has been way better against all of them. Oh, the last Canada's. time I was in Canada, and this was like two years ago, I think. I I, I felt like a fucking baller because oh, yeah. like at my exchange, it was it was an exchange rate like I had when I was in high school. It used to be like you'd get like a dollar and a half basically for every U.S. dollar, and it was like I think a. Uh, I think I got like a dollar thirty for every dollar that I it was it was a great exchange rate. Uh, it's almost the same thing. It's uh it's seventy five cents to the dollar. Okay. So that's significant. That is significant, yeah. When I went years back, I think it was maybe point one five or point two uh less, but that's uh yeah, what's the actual calculation? I can't do the math in my head when you do the reverse. No pat math. Uh no pat math. One dollar yeah, one point three Canadian. So you're getting thirty percent more bang for your buck. That's okay. a lot. Yeah, so you get a buck thirty for every buck that you exchange. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. And then if you're going to the pound, like the, the pound was always like one and a half more. Yeah, like forever. Oh yeah. The for and sure. now the uh, is it called the sterling? It's always like the sterling pound sterling or something. Something like that. that. It's uh, is it the United Kingdom? Um, God, I gotta find it. One one uh, pound, one USD, two pounds. 0.86 we're catching up yeah catching up that's 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 big mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah you look at the past year you look at these charts it was 0.74 in january now it's 0.86 now's the time to travel if you can do it yeah i mean absolutely. i'm just saying it is yeah take that aside. take that dollar see you travel cast um super mario kart 30th anniversary it was a 20 27th in japan and it's the september 1st in the United States. I always uh, feel like this could have been a topic. But yeah. Could have been. Maybe. Um, Mario Kart, the first one, is... Um, while I don't go back to it much, I, I would still consider it 
one of my all-time favorite games. I I don't know what it was about it, but the first time I played that game um, on, on my buddy's Super Nintendo, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I thought about that game for fucking weeks. I mean, I, I just, I adored everything about it. And I think for me, what I really liked about it was um, I was really interested in, like, when I was younger, the early excursions into... I guess you would say 3D style gameplay or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, unlike racing games that were on the NES or even other racing games that were on the Super Nintendo, where it was very much you're on the road and you got to stay on the road, mm-hmm. there was exploration and secrets in Mario Kart. Shortcuts. That, yep. That made the game feel like Mario more than just the theming. Um. And I, I loved that. You could play around a little bit more. The the idea that there was hidden stuff and that you could go kind of off-road and find new things. Um, it was this early... It's weird to say it with a racing game, but it gave me this early sense of exploration uh, from a viewpoint you know that you didn't usually see. Uh, and I loved it. I, I loved it to death. And... Um, honestly, as time has gone on, you know, I liked Mario Kart less and less with a lot of these releases until eight came out. And I, I, I love Mario Kart eight. I've probably put at this point, 250 hours into Mario Kart eight. I think it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, for me, when it comes to kart racers, um, was this the first kart racer? If yes. not, it became the prototype for them. I, I'm fairly forward. certain it was the first kart racer. Um, to me, there is no other kart racer besides Mario Kart because they all try to ape Mario Kart so much that it's like, you know, Mom, I want Mario wheels, Kart. We've got Mario Kart at home. Well, I was yeah. actually going to bring up Wacky Wheels. That was a fairly early one, too. It was, it ago. was, it was, uh, it came out, that was an Apogee game. It came out uh, right after, well, shortly after Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. And when I found that game, I fell in love with it because it, I didn't have a Super Nintendo. And I used to play that one online with my friends. So Power Drift was, quote unquote, the first kart racing game, but that's more like a traditional racing game, though. They just are in carts. Yes. Yeah. So, that's, exactly. so I remember playing that in the arcade. In terms of the genre, I think Mario Kart is the first. That's not the same. I don't look at that as a quote-unquote kart racer because it's not like a party. No, it's a great game. I love Power Drift, but Uh, um, yeah, I wouldn't consider it a a kart racer in terms of the kart racing genre. Having combat elements. That's why we mean that kart elements. Like it's a party... A combat racing game. Right, where racing is almost secondary to your positioning and your weapons. Correct. Um, Yeah, so that obviously sort of started off. Then you had Diddy Kong... We you had uh, the what the fucking the, the Street Fighter Street Racer one that was on Super Nintendo the crappy clone one I fucking don't oh. like Diddy Kong Racing at all you don't some people really like it that's like the other big one that they like I like the airplane racing hmm. um, and the kart racing is okay I hate the hovercraft racing the boat racing hmm. can't fucking stand it and you got the Lego Racer game that came out on the computers and on N sixty four Mickey's Magical one. Racing or whatever uh, Disney's Mickey Magical, Speedway Mickey Speedway Speedway USA yeah. Certain, I think a good review in a certain NC4 guidebook. That, that one is actually on. pretty fun. I haven't played it in um, a long time, but I did like it. But yeah, you start a new genre thanks to the Mode 7 capabilities. Because yeah. Genesis took a while to, to catch up on that department. Mode 7 uh, was like the thing that made me wish I had a Super Nintendo, even though I loved my Genesis. The Mode 7 stuff was just so fucking cool yes. to me growing up. Yeah. I loved it. it, it That's fake, why I love Pilot Wings. I still love Pilot 3D. Wings. Yeah. They, they faked the 3D. They could do it with Mode 7. Good shit. Everything's moving around you, basically. Like your station or everything. They're kind of moving Good around shit. you. Good shit. 
It's a good show. I mean, F Zero came out uh, fall of of of, of uh, ninety one, so that was like the first big racing game, right? That everyone got. I got. You got. Probably your friends got. And then, but Mario Kart was like whole other level of like now. We want to play this two players. Remember, S Zero was not two players. That's why it did not get five stars. Almost did. Um, so that created a whole different element. And then obviously the battle mode was like insane. The battle mode was fucking revolutionary. The crazy to thing to me um, is I never play battle mode anymore. But, but for Super Nintendo and for uh, 64. 64, that's pretty much all I played. It was, revolution- it was revolutionary yeah. to have that. time. There was nothing. You can't, I can't think of anything else that was similar to that at the time i remember sleeping um, over at my friend's house when mario kart 64 came out and we literally played eight hours of battle mode we just four players fucking going yeah four players yeah the party console the n64 having four controller ports was was amazing that they did that because it, it, it was it was like a marketing that, um, yeah no one else could do that at the time like right out of the gate here you go you're good and you sell more controllers it's brilliant it's brilliant. one of the nice things i say about the n64 if you if, if you uh, have a group of people i don't like the n64 but like if you're 23 and living in a dorm or like with friends in an yeah. apartment get an n64 get smash get golden eye yeah get some mario you'll, Party, get you'll definitely games. get use out of it yeah absolutely you, you'll get in ian's review in quotes you'll get some use you'll out of your n64 of <laughs> yeah uh and then it's also the last time we see cute little chubby uh Junior Donkey Kong Junior in, yep. in a game in its original form. Oh, he became the Donkey Kong in Donkey Country. Whatever. I like my cute chubby Donkey Kong with with the undershirt on. That's how I like my Donkey Kong Junior. I want him to come back. <laughs> he might have been. He might have been. In, uh, no, it was before he was in. I think a Game Boy game as well. Junior. I think he shows up in one by someone. Will, I feel like I should know that. I feel the bad Mario Tennis on Game Boy have different characters. Where did he show up? Donkey Kong Jr. Now I'm going to look this up. Now it's going to bother me. Now it's bothering me too. <laughs> but people say, that, oh, he's the one that shows up in um, yeah, in Donkey Kong Country. He's just grown up now. I don't like him. Uh, Mario Tennis, yeah. On 64, he's in it. Oh, he's in 64, Mario Tennis? Junior? Artwork. I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Is that in the game or was he was he canceled? Uh, I don't recall. Well, yeah, maybe. I honestly don't recall that. That's uh, interesting. Portrayed by Frank Welker on Saturday Supercade. There you go. Welker was also Starscream and Cobra Commander. Rest in peace. The great Frank Welker there. Um, Super Nintendo, Mario Kart. Uh, he was in Mario's Tennis. So Mario's Tennis was the Game Boy one, wasn't it? Ian, you're the Game Boy guy, not me. Uh, tennis is tennis on the Game Boy, on the black and white What the Game fuck Boy. is Mario's, Mario? Mario Tennis. Uh, Mario's Tennis. Yeah, that I don't know. Oh, Virtual Boy. I knew we should have started. It was on the Virtual Boy Mario uh, Tennis. Ah, okay. Wow. So, I, okay. He's actually a playable character on that. There you go. Okay. I want him back, Nintendo. Put him on the, that cute little little undershirt with, with the little barrel on it or whatever he has. All right. Well, well, finally, what we got? Resident Evil show canceled. I do we, honestly, do we fucking care? No, I don't. I, do we I, watch that? I haven't watched. Do people that. liked it? No, no one probably liked it. Um, it's one of the times probably where I don't I don't care about the canceling thing. Obviously, some people probably liked it. Uh, I just started watching a show on Netflix. My friend told me about called uh, it was called uh, Friends from College. They only did two seasons of it. Last season was in 2019. It looked interesting. About mm-hmm. like you know 40 year olds that are. Recanting it for twenty years and it's disastrous. Obviously, <laughs> looked interesting. Good, good cast. Have you watched the bear yet? The bear? Yeah. What's the bear about? 
I thought I brought it up. Uh, everyone, it, it, it's been talked about quite a lot. Uh, one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. Um, it's uh, about uh, a guy who comes back from New York to uh, kind of take over his brother's restaurant after his brother killed himself. And it's the most accurate depiction of restaurant work I have ever seen in my life. So that's why you like it. <laughs> well, it's all, I mean, everyone's loving it. And it's because it's, it's tense. It. It's, it's what is tense. It on? Uh, it's FX. on Hulu. You can watch that on Hulu, actually. Okay. Uh, I I mean, just insanely good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just if you need a TV show that's not about forty uh, year olds reconnecting disastrously. <laughs> well, it's a comedy. But oh, okay. it has a uh, Ke- uh, Keegan Michael Peel is in it. Fred Savage is in it. Uh, Michael uh, was Eckner's in it. It's a it's a good cast. Colby Smolders is in it. It's, it's like a really good cast. The, the plot's fucking goofy because it relies on people making the, the most awful decisions. But sure. the cast is so good, it like rises above the material. Right. You know. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Just like this podcast, it is what it is. It is. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, Ian, yeah. Uh, modern video games is a thing. It's a huge, huge business. Um, <laughs> more than makes more than movies, makes more than porn, makes more than anything else in the world. More than point. porn, absolutely. Video games, absolutely. No one's paying. No one's spending eight hundred dollars yeah, a year. Yeah, I think some people are spending eight hundred a year on probably adult stuff. But so anyway, so a couple of pieces of news have come out the past week that have sort of like rocked, rocked sort of uh, what we think about the industry. The um, first one. So yeah. Sony is raising the price on the PS5. Um, and this comes, uh, the, you know, their, their reasoning for it is is inflation. Um, it's affecting almost all territories, the price, uh, the price hike, uh, except for the U.S. right now. Um, the price in Canada, Mexico, Europe, U.K., Australia, Japan, and China are all getting a bump. Um, Ryan said in a post on Sony's PlayStation blog that high global inflation rates and adverse currency trends are impacting consumer and creating pressure on many industries. Ryan blamed challenging economic conditions in announcing the decision. Um, the PS5 with Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive is going to jump up to 549 uh, euros. I believe that's what that is. I'll do the Pat myth on that. Uh, it's a 50 euro bump from the launch. Uh, and then the digital edition is getting another 50 uh, euro bump to 449.99. So we're talking roughly $50 increases. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, a UK is getting a 30 pound increase on both. About, J- okay. Japan is getting a 60,000 yen increase and a 50,000 yen increase on the digital China. I don't even know what to say. It's uh, uh it doesn't give an initial uh, rate. Um, Australia's going up fifty. Mexico's going up so about fifty. Th- these these are about ten percent ish increases. Yeah, roughly. Um, it's it's interesting uh, to see. You know, um, 
I can't remember the last time this happened. Someone, you know, brought up an interesting point that uh, Nintendo kind of does this, but they 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 reiterate and re-release their consoles. That's how Nintendo keeps their price point high. They constantly yes. bring out a new version to yes, kind of come in and replace the old version. They don't increase the price of the old standard. Game Boy. They'll right. release a Game Boy, uh, play it loud instead, and that'll be less. Or they'll do the color. I even know even the play it loud. I think was was not more. It was probably just the same with what the original one was, and it just it was just a different color version. I don't. I don't think it was more money to play it loud because it was the same tech. It was just a no, color right. show. Right? Yeah, it was just a color show. Yeah. Um, interesting new note though that I just kind of came across, um, like right before we started this podcast. Oh. Uh, this is from the Twitter account Nabellian that always has some good game info. Uh, Sony is rolling out a new model of the current PlayStation Five system that's a bit lighter, so it's not a remake. It's not a. It's not a slim version. The version, the the original play, it's same same shape, same form factor, but clearly they are cheapening the production as they raise the price. The digital only is going to be two hundred grams lighter. What's that in pounds? Let me look that up. Uh, it is half a pound, roughly, almost half a pound. It's almost it's point four four. And um, the disc version is going to be 300 grams lighter. And that would be then, by pat math, about two-thirds of a pound. Yep, two-thirds of a pound on the dot. Just about 66. So what the fuck are they taking out of there? That I mean, what are they making cheaper? What are they taking out of there that's making the system lighter? Um, I don't know. I Was feel like any, it's... Any board they re-engineered with less chips? You're saying they're not doing that. I mean, they are. Yeah, that's I don't what, know. Because that's one of the things they do when it's they It's not known yet which parts have been changed. I, that's what they do. They 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 combine chips and yeah. You know the problem. Here's the problem. Obviously, releasing during the pandemic was bad uh, for everyone, just because a lot of times you know they the cost comes down to production by the volume. Well, you can't do that if you're competing for assembly lines and things like that. It's just yep. you can't. And then like if the car companies are all the ones and other companies start hoarding the the chips is what basically what happened. Everyone just started buying as much as they could, which caused this fucking problem. The same way when you ever those assholes bought all the toilet paper they didn't need. You know, that's what happens. Right. You, you never catch up. Well, toilet paper, I guess, kind of easier. God, it was so much fun laying into those fucking creeps. Fucking idiots. Uh, anyway, so the point is, is that we still haven't caught up. Meanwhile, they're not making and selling. They can't sell them fast enough in order to make a dent in the volume in order for them to for the price to come down per. So they're, they're left with this. And I guess we, like we said, we can't remember this. This would probably would not have happened if it wasn't for the combination potentially of the pandemic and the inflation. Like we said before during the intro, we're saved because the dollar is now more strong, like more stronger than I can remember it being in forever. I was just thinking um, we talked about that in Japan. It's incredibly strong right now too. Yes, and uh, it's, every, dollar. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah, that's and if you want to ask, hey Pat, how can that be? Well, <laughs> it's it's sort of like it's not a bug; it's a feature. Yeah. There's more printed U.S. currency than anything else on the planet by like a big magnitude, a big magnitude. So going off another tangent, you can say, well, what if the dollar ever fails? It technically would be kind of impossible just because that's what everyone uses. And it is what it is. Go America, I guess. So like that's one of the things that's put into this. So I, I see people are upset about this here and there, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's like if you're going to spend... Five hundred dollars. Will you spend five fifty? Once you're at that point, it's still a lot of money. You uh, will, and you'll do yeah. it begrudgingly, but you will if you um, really want it. Yeah, it's weird. I, I mean, Sony's historically never really made money on their consoles to begin with. I guess they realize we just can't lose, keep losing this amount, right? 
I'm not trying to. The, the market uh, is there. People want them, but you can't produce them fast enough to sell enough of them to make the money you need to, without raising this price. I, I guess. I guess. I guess. It's it stinks for the consumer. What are you gonna say? Um, I mean, for now, I'll take them at face value that they're getting killed on these. You know. Meanwhile, I guess the Xbox is doing all right, and they could move the Xboxes, I guess, and not have to worry about this. This has honestly been the least interested I've ever been in a um, in a video game console generation. Uh, and you know, moving well, on to the next topic, you know, well, uh, kind of that we wanted to talk about, uh, it, it, bringing the two together. Um, Phil Spencer says, you know, in an uh, in an interview that basically less exclusives as time goes on, which isn't really um, news, but it's interesting to kind of hear, uh, you know, a company head, um, especially because Microsoft largely. Uh, there's a lot of reasons Microsoft fell apart with the Xbox One, but one was there was just no damn exclusives that fucking mattered on that system. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, the combination of the high price, uh, the price hike, which wouldn't affect us anyway, um, but the high price of these systems, uh, the inability to get one, and the fact that there's less exclusives to, you know, make you pick a side, just means I've just sat here and I've watched I've just watched to see if I'm ever going to grab one. And it's a it's a huge reason. And I never thought I would get back to being a PC gamer. I never did. Um, but it's a huge, huge reason why I've become a PC gamer. I almost almost solely a PC gamer at this point. Um, I, I play my my switch, uh, you know, and I, I play my old stuff, of course. But in terms of modern stuff, I honestly don't know that I'm going to end up with one of these consoles. It's just made uh, this modern console generation has just seemed very, very unattractive. So this is an interview uh, with Bloomberg that was uh, reposted by video games Chronicle. That's one. That's a link I'm looking at. Uh, Xbox boss expects there to be less and less platform exclusive games in the future. Thinks products being multi-platform is better for the industry. Well, he would also say that because like at this point, he realizes the money is in. We said this forever. The money is always in the software. The money's not in hardware. It's in the consoles, at least. It's in the software right. sales. That's where that's where the margin is. And when they transition over to this, and obviously Game Pass and subscriptions, that's the money to them. That's the money, right? It was like they don't care how you play their games. Just play their games. Play it on your fucking smart TV. Play it on your console. Play it on your Ian's uh, gaming laptop. Just pl- just spend money on their games. Go to their fucking Windows store and, and bu- buy stuff. Like they don't care. Yeah, once they started doing that, once they once once they they brought had the Windows version in with the Xbox version at the same time. That's I said that's game over. They don't care anymore. Sure. Remember they started doing that. Was that three four years ago? They started doing that four four years ago. They started doing that where it's like oh you buy the Halo version, you get the Windows version at the same time uh, with it. The Xbox version. When did they start doing that? The po- the, the point. The po- I don't remember. They started doing that. Do they still do it? I don't know. I think at this point, when they, whenever they started doing that, that's when they basically waved the flag and said, we don't care okay. about, about our hardware as much. That, that, was, that was before the pandemic they did that. I remember. I remember we talked about that. Yeah, we did. I just, uh, I don't, re- I haven't really heard much of that since. So I'm wondering if it's something that they keep doing. But they just threw it in. It's for free, basically. Sure. They, they, they just threw it in. Uh, to sort of like, almost like prime the pump of, hey, you can play these games on the computer as well. That we own the operating system for, by the way. Wink, wink. You know, they started doing that. Um, someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember we talked about that in the past. Yeah. 
how to install Halo Custom Edition on Windows 10. This is a video from 2018. So at least back in 2018, they did that. Okay. Windows 10, Halo Combat Evolved, 2015. Uh, was, that, was it that early? Anyway, the point is this, is that they don't care anymore. They don't care. They don't. They, they stopped. They stopped caring. Um, so I think it was 15, it was probably 17 or 18. So when he says these things, Sony is going to be the, the, the most scared one because Sony doesn't have the buying power of Microsoft to go up and buy all these other studios. Like they are. they can't buy Activision Blizzard. Right. Like, but, but, but Microsoft can. So that's, that's basically how, if you want to say the war is going to end, it's not going to, it's not going to be for console sales. It's going to be that, well, who's, who's, what, what are you playing? What games are you playing? That's what it's going to come down to. Are you playing the Spider-Man exclusive on your PS5, or are you playing fucking Halo any way possible on twenty-five different sure. devices? Right, right, right. That's all. That's what it's going to be. That's all. They can they can sell only only twenty percent of of the what PS6 sells in the future. They may not be. They may not care at that point. They may not care as much as you you would think. That's basically what this says, at least to me. Yeah, I agree. Um. Cites so an example which two kids in the same house have different consoles, but they aren't able to play the same games together. It's probably less and less of a common thing, too, where one sibling will have an Xbox and one a PlayStation, I guess. But I guess Can you imagine happen. the fucking fights? Oh, God. Oh, God. They can't, they can't do cross-platform. Well, now you can on a lot of stuff. That's the good news. Um, he said, maybe you happen in your household to buy an Xbox and I buy a PlayStation and our kids want to play together, and they can't because we bought this wrong piece of plastic to plug into our television. Um, his response appears in part in field in part by Sony voicing its concerns about the Activision acquisition. We really didn't talk about that at the time. Uh, but yeah, they said the buyout could influence console buying decisions. Sony believes Activision's buyout could influence console buying decisions. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You think? You think if you if you can't get the, the Activision Blizzard stuff on a Sony console, why why would you buy why would you spend $550 on a on a PlayStation if you know those games won't be available? No, that's yeah, Sony's not Sony's not going to be in a good state. I think in the industry. No, 10 years it's from now. it's looking like they're setting themselves up for a drubbing. Honestly, they're they're they're, they're going to buy their their medium some some larger size companies, but they can only spend so much money on this and, and gobble up so many things. Sony, in order to give people reason to buy, you know, uh, you know, a Sony console in the future, it's, it's going to be less and less. I'm not saying it's the beginning of the end, but I don't know if you go down this path, what's Sony going to be left with five ten years from now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think they're going to be um, left with much. Uh, yeah. Next three years, you still have the, the Call of Duty games that must launch on a PlayStation console. I will almost guarantee you that after that, that will not be a thing. That that that's going to run out. I think after a few years, they're going to get the sales, and after that, be like, well, we're going to start transitioning people over, and then Sony will have unless they play ball. I, I can picture Microsoft still putting stuff on the PlayStation consoles and just taking a huge fucking cut. Yeah, of it. No, I think that's, like, oh, I think I think that's oh. what will end up happening. So yeah, well, we, you'll make a little bit of money PlayStation, but we're gonna make way more money than we than we you know than you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have all the cards. They're gonna hold all the cards. Uh, Microsoft. Yeah. Huh. And then there's the rumor that PlayStation has been has been paying devs to keep titles away from Game Pass. Yeah, we talked about that a little <laughs> bit last week. I think. What do you think? Anything else you think about Phil's comments on this? It's uh, no, I, 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 and I, I just, I think this is kind of where everyone has really, truly seen this going. Um, I think it's just accelerating at this point. Yeah, like the the, the acquisitions by Microsoft with, with Blizzard. That once you saw that, it's like okay, they're really putting the screws to them mm-hmm. at that point. 
Meanwhile, Nintendo will make their little goofy consoles off of the side with their first-party games. Nintendo could release a system that only had, well, I mean, the 64 was kind of that, that only had first-party games, sell. and people would still buy it. It was so. Yeah, I mean, I don't really play third-party stuff on my, my Switch. It's usually, like, first-party or, or, or stuff that's exclusive, you know, that's not first-party. Sure. but Yeah. You also get the people. I want to reiterate, just reiterate every every six months ago how fucking stupid the people are and were that said Nintendo should go third-party, that they should, they'd be smart to put Mario on the PS4 because it would make them money. I just want to... I, and these are people that were like influencers that like have a lot of followers. That oh yeah, claim, no, claim I, be, I was claimed to be intelligent. They all uh, thought that that's uh, exactly where it was going, and it's like just that like, would save Nintendo. Like, I like, oh my god, oh my god, like you shouldn't have an audience at all. Like, like how? Do, why are people <laughs> trusting that you have intelligence? I, I'll just say that. <laughs> Who? Holy shit! Yeah. Don't, don't fucking talk about politics as well. If you're stupid about that shit, I don't want to hear your opinion about politics. Sorry. I'm sorry. Just had to get that off my chest. It's fine. Let's move on. Oh, we got a Patreon, don't we? Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, uh, you look at the menu, uh, and you make a decision. You give us some money. We appreciate that money. And in return, <laughs> uh, you get the full video podcast. You get bonus bits, bonus, bonus. bits every uh, pre uh, that, that that come out once a week. Uh, you writings. get writings. You get uh, the hangouts, and you get these pull topics. And we have we have and we have a Pins. pin club, pin club, and uh, and Pat filled in talking about Night Rider on Saturday. Yeah, appreciate um, it. And second place. This is a this is a. a, a this is a uh, two-thirds vote. Super majority, just about. Games you cannot believe are on the... Any, oh, that's the wrong one. That one, that, I never did it before in my life. That threw me off. All right, second place. Is grading or reselling worse for video game clipping? 35%. And then in first place, 65%. Games you cannot believe are on the NES. Clickbait, and we're like, huh? Holding the carts up, which we <laughs> will hold up. I'll give you the carts, but we can hold them up. That'd be funny. Here's a few. I'll give you a few. When we can hold them up. And, and, oh, I'll, give you, I'll give you Taboo the Sixth Sense. You can hold two in each hand. And I'll be like, there's our clickbait title. And we're like, what are we doing with these games? <laughs> clickbait. Hey. Okay. That's good. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> What are games you cannot believe are on the NES? <laughs> this is such a silly topic. Uh, honestly, and I, and, and I have the assistance of a certain NES guidebook, which I haven't brought up in a while. So uh, one of the first ones that popped in my head is uh, Trade West here uh, bringing out Taboo, The Sixth Sense, which is uh, not really a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's a piece of software. It's a, it's a, yes, uh, it's a piece of software that kind of sort of does a tarot card reading. Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. Doing. Yeah, and it also uh, gives you uh, says it right here, right on the front. Uh, your personalized lucky numbers revealed. Developed by Rare, by the way, it's a Rare title. Trainwest is just a publisher. Yeah. Um, genre, other, comma simulation. I had no idea. Did I review? I reviewed that one. I had no idea how to how to put it that in a genre it's definitely a simulation of doing a tarot card right reading uh and but where's the cart is it the first one that's right here well that's a, that's a rental the predator but yeah it's a weird game you run through it in like literally a few minutes you put in your name you put in your birth date uh you, you know you do that stuff i, I think you put in your sex 
And then you get, uh, according to this, the game shuffles a tarot card deck with dizzying graphical effects and chooses a card that signifies the user in 10 cards to represent the answer to, to the question in 10 positions. You ask a question. That's right. Yeah. You answer a question. And you get a readout. And some of the cards are really grisly because they're tarot cards. And there's nudity. There's, 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 there's 8-bit titties on some of the cards, on a couple of the cards. It's like a real tarot card. Um, yeah, it's one of the only games. I think it's the only game to carry. It has two... Two reading, uh, two warnings on it, I believe. Uh, I say this non-game may be entertaining for fans of the metaphysical and tarot, but anyone else may see it as a strange curiosity in the NES library. Adjust the rating based upon your personal enjoyment of occult-based entertainment. I give it two and a half stars. I don't know how you rate it because it's not a game. It's not a game. It's neat. It's a simulator for tarot card reading. Yeah. I mean, and then um, on the back of the box, it says, for my writing here, Taboo the Sixth Sense is, is not intended for children under 14. Under 14. So it's like one of the only games that specifically says this is not for kids. Yeah, um, and it also uh, says that it's it, they make sure to note that it's intended for entertainment purposes only. Yes. Um, I remember seeing Curiosity it. Curiosity value entertainment only. No mystical or magical charms are guaranteed or inferred. It literally says that on the box. What a bizarre... You can't call it game. It's a piece of software. Yeah. It's like a weird thing you probably would see on a computer back in the late 80s. Yep. You know what I mean? Just like a little Absolutely. piece of software that they threw together. Your personalized lucky numbers revealed. It's for adults. It's an adult weird-ass game. Yeah. It's fucking weird. What's next, Ian? Predator. Predator. Now, a Predator game in the modern day and age... I think I reviewed that one as well. ...makes sense. Um, you know, video games have uh, grown up and evolved, uh, and the you know the first generations of people to play them have grown and evolved too. And video gaming is now a much more uh, it, it covers it covers everything. It's a more mature hobby. Uh, it still you know has lots of kids stuff, but it it video game as a hobby. Video gaming as a hobby has aged up. However, on the original NES. Uh, and with the original NES, uh, video games were still mostly the the domain of of kids. Um, you know, a lot of kids were playing video games. We're talking kids under twelve, and to have a Predator game, uh, it just it sticks out of the library quite a bit. It came out in '89, so that's two years after the movie came out. The movie came out in '87. Um, we were also at a time when like Platoon was getting a license. A lot of already stuff like Hudson Hawk was getting games. Yep. Like they still didn't know, I guess, what the exact audience, audience was. was. Yeah, they they didn't yeah. know what the the yeah the, the the market demographic. Yeah, kids are playing Nintendo, but also adults, so that they're doing stuff like that. I gave it one and a half stars. Um, not the most abysmal game, but not good. Obviously, um, there's two different play modes in, in Predator. If people aren't aware, and I said that to try to cobble them together. There's a more like Contra looking, and they basically stole assets from Contra. Is what it looks like. You know, action platform. Run, you almost don't want to call it a running gun shooter because a lot of times you're just exploring or, or punching or punching or throwing a grenade at like fucking punching scorpions. scorpions. And there are and then there's the big mode where it's a totally different engine. Yeah, uh, where you're like for an NES game, it's super impressive when you look at the graphics. Yep, where you like avoid bubbles and then you have to shoot the predator, and that happens times throughout the game. That happens where you encounter the you encounter the regular predator, but then you have these big modes where like the screens condense because yeah i can't explain you gotta you gotta look at the gameplay online and that's what's so bizarre about it it's almost like they didn't know which game to do that's how it comes across exactly so both modes stick yeah both are half-baked i said they're half-baked neither neither feels Uh, complete or flushed out in any way i said there's some decent ideas but it comes off very half-baked it appears at times that these were two entirely unrelated games that the film license was slapped onto and cobbled together that's what that's what it feels like like and it's again Extremely violent movie. 
that like a kid would not ask for a predator. I would though because you know my father rent videos and not care how a seven year old would be affected by seeing half Carl Weathers arm blown off. But that's just me. It didn't really affect me too much, right? Wally Bear and the No Game. Oh, I a bad you, game that I genuinely, genuinely enjoy. Did you review that one? Uh, probably. I probably did. Um, you did not review that. Oh one. yeah, I probably didn't because I couldn't have given it an, a, a fair review. Oh, I, I like Wally Bear. I gave it one and a half stars. Um, it's not a good game. It's not. It's uh, it's very difficult. The programming is janky. Uh, everything feels bad. Um, but I like. It, By the way, one and a half means bad, but some merit. Uh, to me, it's fun just trying There's to get the, like. There's some merit to Wally Bear. There is some merit. It's not fun as a video game, but it's fun as a challenge, I guess. To me, if that makes any sense, I th- you can get enjoyment out yes. of it. Yeah, I get enjoyment it's, out the of the theme is goofy. It's yes, the frisbee mechanics and seagulls. It's it's like I said, it's janky, but you can get some enjoyment. The yeah. anti-drug message so is is weird. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's the very, wallpapers in the house. The wallpapers in the house could only be chosen by people who are wow. on drugs. I wrote almost as much in the reflections as the review. I talked about the stuff in the manual and the one eight hundred high Wally line that happens. Oh, I've never even seen the, the manual AM, for Wally. The Bear. AMA endorsed the game. The American Medal Medical Association, the AMA, endorsed this game. They got the endorsement. <laughs> uh, the AMA. It's like the association. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny to me. That is. That's crazy. But yeah, I I don't know. Wally Bear is a, a unique, weird little thing, and like I said, definitely not good, uh, but. Uh, they offered a, they offered a mail in subscription to a uh, Wally Bear and the No Gang, uh, which offered poster stickers and a newsletter. I will put a bounty on because I've never seen the poster, the stickers, or the newsletter. I'll put a bounty on anyone that has the Wally Bear because I don't think there's pictures of them online. No. I don't think I've ever seen them. Um, what's next, Ian? Chiller. Oh my God, Chiller. Fucking, X- fucking X- Chiller. X- City arcade game that was infamous. Uh, just again, much another like, one I reviewed. I reviewed most of the book. Like, one star, like Predator to the extreme in terms of why it's weird. Uh, this is not a game for children. <laughs> Shooting gallery game. Uh, you are literally torturing uh, people uh, in the game. Yes, you're not. You're not the good guy in Chiller. And I, the moment I first played Chiller and realized that, I was like, oh. I'm just like I'm the bad guy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just torturing people. people. I'm, I'm just setting up devices. Yeah, and shooting off their legs and, and, and guillotines, and guillotines, and squashing their heads with vices. Like just have an alligator eat a head when a, you lower them into the into the uh, an absolute uh, yeah. mess of a game. And Horse on to- on top of it, uh, you know how kind of like mean spirited and gruesome it is. Um, it plays like shit. Well, that's that's a whole other issue. So it's one of the only there's two the, the two uh, non licensed uh, light gun baby games. boomers the baby other boomer one. and chiller, and uh, I did reviews of both NES punk videos and wonder why because they're both goofy as hell. Um, they offer two player, either via controller and zapper combo or controllers or two zappers. The problem is the game only registers one hit at a time, one input from one of the two players. When me and E's play on the marathon, we're like, why can't we shoot him? Because we both were doing it. We literally probably take turns one, like one, yeah, two. I was one, literally just two, thinking that's one. how it would have been. Like, you'd have to get a rhythm going. Like, because how, that's how the zapper works. It, yeah. does a whole, it does a whole refresh for each hit to see what you, what you reflected on. Absolutely. That's basically how it works. And, with the, with the, and for some reason, it worked the same way with the controllers. Like, you can hit the A buttons with you and it wouldn't work. Yep. Um, Goofy, yeah, because it's, it's refreshing. And it, it has the voice sample at the beginning of the game. It goes, like, like the, it's insane. 
It's one of the only games we played in the first. His marathon didn't work because there was a, a. It was like a bug when you it, like the ROM was bad. Fin- I thought we finally got got it going. Didn't I grab one from Luna? Did you run down and get one? We or first... I grabbed. I think I had a copy. Yeah, I think I went and you got like went a back copy. And got one. The only game. The only game we did not play on the first marathon was Stunt one. Kids. Okay, so what happened with Chill is we we would literally hit the start button and then would freeze. Which means it was a bad ROM. It would boot up, but, it, but yeah. it, was, it was literally a bad ROM because this is an unlicensed game from American Game Game, game Cartridge Inc. That's a, that's a one star. One star is bad. Like one star is like you can play it, but you don't want to. Once you get once you get below one star, which uh, one of these games is definitely below one star, we'll talk about. It. All right, what's on my list? Uh, we'll go we'll go from uh, we'll go from the goofiest ones. Bubble Bath Babes. One of the three. Adult games, Panesian, those lovely ladies, which they were also the same ladies on the other two, mm-hmm. uh, Peekaboo Poker and Hot Slots. They could only pay uh, for those models for one shot. I guess so. Um, Bubble Bath uh, Babes. This is actually the the best one because it's a puzzle game that's decent. Yeah, it's the best. It, um, it, uh, I gave it an average rating. I gave it two and a half stars. What was it called? Uh, Mermaids of Atlantis is the uh, uh, the original. This was actually the original. Oh, okay. This gotcha. one actually came out first. This was by Computer and Entertainment. Um, and, and then... Um, so they technically did this version, and then Mermaids of Atlantis. Uh, oh God, where's Mermaids? Mickey's Suicide Mermaids. Mermaids of Atlantis was also computer entertainment. They just switched around the graphics to get rid of a, a nude lady on the bottom. It's a puzzle game. It's it's a match. It's a match three. It's a weird puzzle game. Match three or match four? Um, well, well, I got a review book in front of me. I can tell you. It's, uh, it's what it is. Pretty fun. Um, yeah, you just you just switch the you, colors you, you get, out. Or well, the you get you get bubbles and yes. you can rotate them, and then they float up instead of falling down. And as as you connect, it's a match you, four. Yeah, that's it's what a it match is. four. Yes. So you don't change. Uh, you basically change where the colors are on it. I, I uh, let's see. Oh, you flip the shape. Yeah, as well. you can flip the shape. Okay, you flip the shape. Gotcha. Yeah. You flip the shape, which basically changes the colors. Did I do okay. the review of that one? Uh, I did Bubble Bath Babes, and I did the other one because they're they're, they're uh, literally okay. they're virtually the same game, so they get the same review. Yeah. Um, yeah, I so said this is the non-nude version of Bell Bath Babes. So these games are very rare. Um, they're hard to find. They were supposedly only rentals in rental shops. I think there's there's no evidence they were ever actually sold in actual stores. And that's why you can't find them. They're, they're in clamshell cases. You know, they had little paper uh, manuals. Um, and it's weird that the one guy is uh, jerking off on the, beating off on the cover on the, on the, on the left side there, uh, looking at the lady. For some reason, uh, they're, they're drawn out men in togas. Um, and fig leaves, but the women are 1980s models, uh, late 80s, early 90s models. And the the further you get in the game, you get little like stills in between. You get the stills that okay, show so a woman well. stripping. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, next is Sunday Fun Day, the ride. This one was originally sealed. sealed. And I opened it because who cares? Because it's a wizardry game. Um, so this was originally uh, another game. Um, this this is a Wisdom Tree game, which was also Color Dreams. Um, let me get to it here. This was... Uh, ah! I always forget if this one came out first or not. I believe this one came out second. Um, we This this is a action platformer. You're on a skateboard because, hey, it's the early 90s. You're going to be on there. This is a, a quote-unquote spiritual Christian game. Uh, why is it that? Because you're trying to get to Sunday school. Yes. And you have obstacles in your way. Um, like you get, like, I think, like uh, random people. There's these uh, large women in the game that come after you. And, of course, you're going to have seagulls in there uh, as well. It's uh, uh, it's interesting. It, it, much like Bubble Bath Babes and Mermaids of Atlantis, uh, this was two separate games. 
um, Menace Beach. That's Menace right. Beach, yeah. Menace Beach so, is the other one, and Menace Beach uh, shows like your girlfriend. It, it never shows nudity, but it shows her in various states of undress and distress. So, okay, Menace Beach came out in ninety, so it was five years old. This was technically the last game release for the NES. That's right. I was. This was the last game release. This came after Warriors Woods, and um, so they repackaged this one. And the only difference is, like you said, basically, is they got rid of the cutscenes. In Menace Beach, you know, your girlfriend's captured, and she's, like, hung up on a fucking wall. And in between the cutscenes, she loses pieces of clothing, like they're getting pulled off a rod away. Right. It's kind of weird to have that in a kid's game. Yeah. So, honestly, they had to do away with that on this version. But what does this, what does this version, Ian, put in that Menace Beach doesn't have? For all karaoke! Uh, yes. Uh, excuse me. For him. For him. Sorry. A, a Christian group that won <laughs> the the Dove Award winning group for him. Uh, you get to sing a Ride of Life, the yep. karaoke version there. there. And there's also Fishfall, which is a falling fish game that will teach your coordination, will, uh, will help you uh, test coordination while teaching you Bible verses to help you become fishers of men. Like good old Jesus of Nazareth did. So, <laughs> the group's on the back of the box, by the way. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. So they must have been big in the mid '90s, uh, sort of like Christian uh, like community. Uh, Brea, California, Wisdom Tree. So these were sold in Christian bookstores. These games. So that's why you never heard of them. Churches. Uh, like there was like uh, there was a my my friend's church that I got dragged to once when I slept over on Sunday Saturday night. Uh, I remember seeing that like after church, you know, you could go down to like the little community room and there was like a little store shelf that had like uh like bibles and stuff okay. and they rented these out. Oh, you remember that? Yeah. And then I think I think I was cheeky. Menace Beach got 1 star. I gave it an extra half star for the mini game and the karaoke. Yep. That's what Pat does. See, Pat Pat knows what the value is. I gave it the generous half star for that. I think that's warranted for that. We got hey, that's one of the all time favorite NES marathon moments. Was the, yep. the, the we ended the first NES marathon by singing that. And that's out there as a moment. And then another weird one. We can go on forever. There's a ton. You want to do an honorable mention, Zine? You like your Tom Sawyer. Is that a little bit weird? Uh yeah, Tom Sawyer. Yo Noid is another weird one. I mean, just you, because they, they reskinned it from another game. They reskinned it from another game, and, then, and not only did you reskin it, you reskinned it with a fucking pizza mascot. Like, and, and there's the pizza mini games in between that that suck. <laughs> it's hard to lose them, though. You kind of have to want to lose them. But yeah, um, all you need to do is take a couple seconds to look at the numbers and the cards yeah, and be yeah. like, okay, I got to play it this way. It's a weird game. My first time I said, this doesn't make any sense. What am I doing? I was eating the higher numbers. Yeah. I like, yes, that's what you do. Um, and then I guess the weirdest game. That we can acknowledge because it's 52 of them is Action 52. Yep. Made by college kids uh, for no money, uh, hired by a sleazy guy in Florida. Uh, this was like a get rich quick scheme uh, that happened, Active Enterprises in, uh, in Florida. This came out in 91. Um, I gave it a half star, which is generous that I gave it a half star. The true definition uh, of quantity over quality. This collection of 52 simple and poorly programmed games is more like a set of short demos masquerading as full game experiences. Most of the shooters are either shooter, uh, most of the games are either shooters or platformers uh, running on one of like two or three engines usually, and they're all, uh, I mean, abysmal. There's a uh, couple with good ideas yes. in there, streamers. Good old cute little streamers that actually remade it almost like a Bionic Commando game, yeah. but, but it's a cute mouse in a party hat. It's fucking adorable. Yeah. Like the character, I, I'd want like a, a plush streamer's little mouse. Um, and then I like uh, I like the game where you're a bear, you're the bear throwing cookies. 
Uh, I like that one. I don't. It's crazy to me that I don't even remember that because I used to like. I had all those games in my head. Um, I I bring up streamers in here. I bring up Fuzz Power. Fuzz Power is your uh, your troll with big feet, um, with big hair, and then it's literally their their attempt at a Sonic clone. Yeah, yeah, I recall that, which is funny because it came out later that year. Obviously, these games were all made. Each game was made like in a, like two days. Yeah, out of these, or if that. I think they're all made in like half a day. Um, and so you can, you can, as a hairy troll, you can do a spin attack, which obviously doesn't work. And then there's blow dryers. Yes. That if they hit you, you get rid of your hair. And then you're a naked troll, which is kind of cute. Yeah. Like, like I said, there's some clever ideas. These are like 19 year olds, 20 year olds. You know, uh, the highlight, uh, is probably, if you want to say the highlight, the music is pretty good for what it is. Uh, cause that's obviously separate. Well, I love the intro. The intro, uh, starts off with It Takes Two by Rob, Rob Bass. Bass. Yes. And they just rip it. They just rip the yep. sample. Then it says, make your selection now. Um, and then of course, the, the last game was, uh, the Cheetah Men game. Yep. Game Masters, starring the Cheetah Men, whatever they say. And that's actually a really good song in the game. The, the game is obviously like this. This is what they were, the whole tent pole of, of release, not on the cover, which is weird, but they obviously push on the back. Is um the fact that there was a Ninja Turtles ripoff with three Cheetah Men characters, and they tried to do a sequel that was produced but never released and was found in the fucking factory, laying there, uh, carts and boxes that Mike Etler discovered and put them out. There's a thousand of them. My favorite thing about uh, the Action Fifty Two uh, cartoon it's ridiculous. Is the, story. the uh, manual that it comes with the comic. Yes, the comic, and on the back there are hand-drawn pictures of action figures, and they're like coming soon yes. to a toy store near you. Never. And they even like draw in the joints and shit. It's it's insane. Yeah, you can go on. There's there's a commercial on YouTube. Um, so like they actually made a commercial to advertise this piece of shit. If you can believe that. Oh yeah. really? Oh yeah. Um, here here's the comic book. Don't damage it, Pat. This is actually worth a lot of money. Here's the comic book, Ian. Yeah, there it is. Collect them all. You get Dr. Morbius and the three shipping. No, this will never be made. They try to push these probably at like uh, like electronic shows like CES. Probably a year. bigger chance of them getting made now than there was then. And then the same company tried to try to pretend they were going to do like an all-in-one game system that could play multiple consoles. And it was just like a guy throwing shit against the wall. I don't think they ever, I don't think they ever found the guy that, uh, that tried to do this. I don't think they ever found him. Like, actually, I caught up with him. You know, probably probably living in some island somewhere. You know, just <laughs> like an '80s villain with bikini babes from bubble bath babes all around. Uh, so those are some of the weird ones. Not there's other weird ones. We're talking about 800 games on the library. There's a lot of weird games yep. out there. You know, they they, they, they sh- there's there's games on the on the system even licensed. Like half of these were unlicensed. Half of these were licensed. But there's some weird ones out there that. Looking at it, you're like, why? Like, why did they think there was an audience for a game like that? Like, why did they think that kids or parents would want to uh, buy that? I mean, Taboo is not the hardest game to find, so some people bought it, right? You know, it's it's what is that? It's uncommon. I'm gonna know? guess it probably was like they probably discounted it at some point to 1999 at Toys R Us, and people picked it up on a lark. So I have that as uncommon. It's probably uncommon. That's like you, I think it's uncommon. Yeah, you can. It's, it's not hard to find, but it's not. Not impossible. Not, not what I was going to have it. Meanwhile, in Action 52, that's, you know, this is rare. You're not going to find it. I, I have it as common. Maybe that was a borderline one. Maybe that was one that was like right on the border. Okay. All right. May, may readjust that for a fourth print run if I ever have that. Okay, like change them. I, I've tinkered with the, some of those a little bit here and there. Yeah. As I went through. That could have been a borderline one. All right. Well, th- well thanks for the, the clickbait. We did the clickbait title uh, uh, th- thumbnail on that. This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by True Classic. Finding the perfect fitting t-shirt 
can get frustrating. The thing is either too tight around your gut or too big and boxy usually. True Classic wants to make it look easy to look good and feel good. So their high quality and pocket friendly menswear is made with every man in mind. It's the true classic way. So guys, no excuses. It's time to upgrade. In fact, over 2 million men already have. So we have an exclusive deal for a limited time. Get 25% off with their code CUPODCAST at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on a certain body type. Think like a skinny model with a six pack. But most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Fellas, it's simple. You are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classics tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. You can wear a True Classic tee with confidence. I struggle finding t-shirts that I I like, um, and I do love to get plain t-shirts. I like to wear them as undershirts. I like to wear them undershirts like these. Uh, I'm wearing a True Classic tee right now, and it is buttery soft. I actually actually wore this black one. I went to Frank's for the barbecue the other day, made some trout, and it's very comfy. This blend is fantastic. It feels great. Yeah, and it's not overly hot. It's very breathable. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for the male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how soft it is. And True Classic doesn't just stop at tees. They are your one-stop shop for men's essentials. You can get polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with a pouch to keep your bulge nice and comfortable. All right. All of their gear is top-notch quality at reasonable prices. They have a great pack builder on their website where you can custom bundle all of their essential products and save even more than the discount we're offering for you today. And for any of the big boys out there, they have long body options for the tall guys in up to triple XL on their staple colors. Whether you have abs or flabs, their clothes look great on all body types. Skinny dudes, big dudes, buff dudes, True Classic has you covered. Time to get comfortable and get going. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with our code CU Podcast. Free shipping is included on purchases over $100. There's 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Uh, all right. Put the guidebook away. We got we got voicemails. We do. You go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. You'll leave us a voicemail. Keep it short and sweet, and I love it, and you're more likely to uh, make it on the program if you do that. This first one is an interesting one. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Will out of Chattanooga. Just wanted to ask real quick if either of you ever did any wrestling e-feds back in the day, specifically the early odds. I feel like Ian would be the most likely culprit to have done some e-feds. And if you have, were you guys any good at it? Just uh, curious. Chat me up. Thanks, guys. Chat you up, Will. Okay. So I never did any e-feds in that sort of way where you you know you you basically you role play sure never did anything like that however i promos and stuff yeah i did however get really into um doing like a fake fed in fire pro um that i would you know run the matches and then kind of write up the results and, and post them that's pretty cool um and uh my my fed was uh bdp uh bottle deposit pro and uh you basically uh the championship belt was uh basically uh you would get if 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 you won the championship you would get all the empty beer bottles and you could turn them in and take the money that was your reward oh uh big big players in um well there was what big 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 players in bottle deposit pro were street clothes goldberg and uh dark side sid was this g fire pro g this on playstation this was probably actually d 
D. Yeah. Which came out before G. No, after G. After G. Okay. D, the, was the the fir- D was the first one that upgraded to the bigger sprites. The only one that did, I think, at that point, right? Did it go back to afterwards? To the... No. No, no. Oh, it did? Yeah, okay. yeah the, the, sprite, the sprite style has pretty much stayed the same since. They're slightly bigger sprites. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I just, you know... I, I, I street was street clothes Goldberg one of the variants like yeah it was yeah, one of okay. the variants so, so in, I remember yeah he's, he's in like black pants he's on. in like a black shirt yeah. and like gray pants or whatever yeah, so yeah he was specifically street clothes Goldberg he never wrestled in any normal clothes, <laughs> street clothes and dark side Sid was just a Sid vicious edit that I made but I put um I layered on like uh I don't know someone's like face paint or something okay like they were they were the big rivals. They're the big rivals? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So that was fun. I never did one. Okay, the next one, I did not find a comment, which means I either should have deleted it, or we'll see. Hey, guys. Jamie from Toledo here once again. I had a question for each of you, but I'm shelving it for the time being. I just rewatched Dark Side of the Ring, and one episode stood out to me. The episode about Herb Abrams and the UWF reminded me so much of Tommy and the Amico. Both remarks who were just going to become the biggest and best with pie-in-the-sky ideas. Both had to prove their haters wrong, and quite frankly, both were con men in the end. If you have uh, seen the series, what is your favorite episode? Thanks, guys. I have not seen it. It sounds like it's right up my alley. No, it um, sounds like it's a great show, and I just um, I haven't done it. I did I think a couple of seasons at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I know nothing about the UWF. I don't ever remember it being on TV. I don't think it was in, in my re- obviously it was in the Northeast. Um, know nothing about the history of it. So that's when I probably want to check out UWF. You know anything about UWF or not? No, really? I don't. But it's not for like what three four years. I don't think it was around for that long. Yeah, um, that's that's the one that they found uh, the prototype game for, right? Remember the prototype wrestling game that was found? No, that was a WCW one before it became WCW. Oh, okay, okay. Hi, Pat and Ian. It's Dave here from Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on arcade bars. Um, Here in Scotland, there aren't a lot of arcades left. Uh, They're mostly the redemption machines that Pat mentioned recently, claw games, you know, coin pushers. Um, But there is a really growing trend of arcade bars and kind of nightclubs and stuff like that. Um, they have some really cool machines that you wouldn't expect. So yeah, just wanted to get your th- opinions on arcade bars and clubs. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I like them. I mean, it keeps arcades alive. I mean, if you didn't have them, you'd have so many more machines thrown out or not tended to. Classic machines. I mean, it's what revitalized arcades. I uh, I like them. I do, and everything Pat says is true. Um, my issue is that they've kind of become the de facto go-to. And I understand drinks sure. bring people in. But like as a person who goes out and plays pinball three, four times a week, um, I am getting sick of every place I have to go to being a bar. It smells like beer that's loud with loud people. Uh, I, the loudness is not such a big deal. I just wish I... I just wish I'd, every time I went out to play pinball, it didn't have to be associated with alcohol. Sure. I would love I, a I would love a coffee shop arcade. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think it's insane that well, Frank was telling me back back in like the 80s and early 90s there was an arcade in our beach town here. We don't have a beach town arcade. Oh yeah, no, I know. People used to uh, Wonderland. Um that's a new place now that is down the there. They reopened be, it, yeah, but it's it, but Wonderland. it used Wonderland used to be the arcade. Yeah. It's just um it yeah, it, I guess it's harder and harder to make money off of just straight just just straight up playing games versus redemption. Claw machines, point systems like a beer, 
alcohol drinks yeah. food no, no I, I get it i get it too i just i wish it was there was the always case. and there was always redemption games even in, in i talk about 80s and 90s the, the, you know the oh yeah not as many but they were always there, there. was always tickets there's always skee ball there was always coin pushers yep. to get points there they always existed that's and that's uh, there's always hell they had the, i love that they had like literally like the same quality slot machines at atlantic city <sighs> my grandma used to have her, all her little coin when you actually still have the coins and they would weigh them the same with the tickets and she would you got the one arm bandits. They had that. That's how they made a lot of money. Out if of redemption. if uh, slot machines still dispensed coins and you still had to put a coin in and pull the handle, I would actually probably play slot machines a lot more. I have no interest in this. Tap your card, hit a button on a touchscreen, and watch shit. I'm trying. Uh, well, when, I, when I went back to Seaside in June, I don't think they have any slot machine redemption games. And I'm talking like late mid to late 80s that was the majority of redemptions you'd have rows of slot machines mm-hmm. with old the old people loved them because it was like oh you're gambling but it's not money but well, you still you're still giving away money yeah and and you god i wish i had them. my cousin might have them there was cups for every arcade had their own cups to hold them in yeah. they're awesome I feel like getting them all. That's why I like um, uh, Quarter World. Coin Castle, Sonny and Ricky's has theirs. Lucky Leo's had theirs. Casino Pier had theirs. They all had their own stuff like that. Quarter World up in Portland has their own little cups for keeping your coins in. And I have like four of them at home. I love them. Don't make me go out and be a fucking seaside arcade collector. I I was just going to say, you're going to start collecting cups? I'll start doing that because my cousin probably has them at his shore house. His parents, they probably have them like lined up from there. Uh, Next one here. Hello, Pat. Hello, Ian. This is Paul from Miami. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I have a question for both of you. I've never been to a retro gaming conference, and I was wondering uh, if you have any advice on which one to attend for the first time. Uh, Easy. I have two. I have two. You can do Long Island or you can do Portland, and you're going to have a great time at both. Those are your picks? Those are my picks. I do think Portland is maybe, in terms of if you want to see people, I think right now more people are probably going to Portland. It is the big one, I guess, in the big, big industry. One. Yes. But it's uh, heartbeat. Long Island is a gorgeous, wonderful convention that I can't recommend enough. Yes. But if you're talking about if you want to shop till you drop, like the number of vendors at Portland, Portland. is insane. Yeah, Portland. You're talking sure. over 100 retro gaming uh, vendors easily. Like, if you, it's nuts. Uh, Portland has great exhibits too. Uh, you know, uh, Video Game History Foundation usually does a great uh, museum uh, every year based on a certain topic. The NES one was magnificent. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot of interesting. Uh, the the space and the exhibits at Long Island are just it, it's oh, yeah. it's unlike anything you've ever really seen. I guess what I'd say is whatever one's closer to you. Like there's there's a couple in Florida I know that are smaller coming up in November. Um, just maybe start small if you have the money to travel, do it, but have a budget. But yeah, try a regional one, uh, Southeast Game Exchange, not too far, far from Florida, South Carolina. That's um, that was a pretty good one. Uh, there's a lot of good ones out there uh, that you can check out, it's just whatever's in your region. Hi, Pat. Hi, Ian. This is Max from Austin, New York. Hey, Max. In the last episode, ah. you talked about the Queen pinball machine, and Pat mentioned my favorite Queen deep cut song, Ogre Battle. I did, Pat. What is your favorite Queen deep cut? It can't be anything that would play on the radio or in the greatest hit CDs. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Well, here's the issue. The Queen has like four greatest hit CDs. That's the problem. Like once you, once you get to the mid-70s when they really established their style, mid-70s to like early 80s, like a third of their songs are like on like one of the greatest hits albums, it seems like. like, like it's, it's a fairly high percentage. Um I think spread your wings 
is something that wasn't a big hit, but probably sh- should have been. It's it's uh what was that? Was that late seventies? Um, I don't know what album was on. I don't know what a lot of albums these songs are on. Queen had a lot of albums. They had like one album a year almost. Oh yeah, they were prolific. They very much um, were. So, um, spread your wings. I think they had a music video, early music video, where it just shows them playing a fucking song, like seventies music video, and that's like almost like a, a story anthem song, almost like uh, "Don't Stop Believing" from Journey. It like tells a story. Yeah. Uh, which they Queen didn't usually do songs like that, so that's an interesting one. Uh, spread your wings, and if it came out on one of their greatest hits, forgive me, but I don't think it was on there. Uh, next one. Hey Pat, hey Ian, this is Jedediah from Maine. I'm reaching out with an odd conversation I just had. Uh, I purchased an NES off of Craigslist, way too cheap. Uh, this thing was missing half its screws. It was stripped. The uh, seller said he didn't know anything about it. Not true. Obviously, the thing was dead and no fixing it. So I want my brother to have a new system, and I head on to my local game store. They say they don't source original NES hardware anymore. Instead, they lean into those like $40 Chinese knockoff ones, not even like the Hyperkin consoles. They say it's because the NES is not reliable anymore, and they would rather just give their customers something better that to me sounds more like a profit thing or maybe easier to source the part um i don't think the nas is unreliable what do you guys think the nas is not unreliable it's, it's, it's a it's a workhorse in terms of if as long as long as the connector is clean like it's a work fairly easy to service um but here's the deal uh a lot of people don't want to clean their cartridges sure. really nes maintenance is it really does boil down to getting that cartridge connector on the inside real clean making sure those pins are nice mm-hmm. and then just cleaning your games when you play that's really it um you can pull the pins up with a little yeah. bit so it, it, that, that's really all it is however but if it's the board uh, right but it's usually not um the thing with with this is uh at, at luna um Yes, the NES is reliable. Yes, it's easily to service. Um, you are selling to a mass market audience, a lot of whom who haven't played these games in a long time. Uh, they expect everything to just turn on with the push of a button like a PlayStation or something does. They don't want to fiddle with anything. Uh, and uh, you can tell them all day long that they need to clean their games, and a lot of them don't, and they'll come back the next day, and I'll be like, did you clean the game? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I cleaned it, and I'll grab it, and I'll grab a Q-tip, and I'll clean it. I'm like, this is filthy. Mm-hmm. Like, your game is filthy. You're, you're putting it, you're ruining your system by doing that. Um, so I understand their frustration. That said, we always carried NESs because as a retro video game store, you are clearly catering you're going to cater to a lot of collectors and a lot of collectors aren't going to want anything third party, no matter what. And that's fine. Um, I don't shit on the hyperkin stuff as much as other people do because, uh, it, for a lot of people, it's fine. Um, it's not the highest quality stuff. It does, you know, some of it does fail. Um, but you know, they have good warranties on that stuff and it'll cost a huge amount. Every place, any any place worth its salt that you go to is going to give you, um, you know, a 90 day warranty on on that. And, you know, you, you're covered. Is it perfect? No. But for a lot of people who want to just play some Mario three, it's the easiest, most foolproof yeah. option. And it's going to be much less of a headache for a lot of people, including yeah, the sellers and the buyers for just a regular. Let's see. A Retron one is like twenty five bucks. Yeah, they're cheap you, as fuck. You can buy them. All, yeah, they're just AV, but if that's what you need to replace, like for most people, that's fine. Yeah, like I said, not uh, everyone needs to have the best picture and the most accurate 
uh, portrayal of the game. They just want to go down memory lane. Sure. How dare they? Hi, Pat. This is Rebecca from Terrytown, New York. Terrytown. I love your videos so much. They really make me feel better when I'm feeling like anxious or sad or whatever. Um, so to me, this is actually the completely necessary podcast. Uh, so my question to you is, since you're probably not listening to your own podcast or videos for fun, what do you do to silence the inner demons? Inner demons? Inner demons? Wow, it sounds like I'm going to kill someone if I don't do something. Um, Ian, what do you do? Uh, for me, it's it's pretty easy, actually. I am a big fan of uh, white noise, white noise machines. Um, I have a nice one that I keep by... Uh, my, my computer at work, uh, I can, it's small. It's easy to move into the bedroom when I want, uh, when I need to silence my head and focus, I turn, I turn on white noise, brown noise, something like that. Um, I've also found that, uh, and this is kind of weird. I've also found that using earplugs, um, has been pretty good for me too. I don't know what it is, but if I can't, there's something about that silence you get when you plug up your ears yeah. that it's, 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 it's different. It's not, you can sit in a silent room and then you can sit in a silent room and put earplugs in and it feels different. And that oftentimes helps get me back on track. I don't listen to podcasts. I can't, I've tried, I've tried a ton. I've never listened to an episode of this one or extra napkins. Uh, I, and it's, I, I can't focus on a podcast. I just can't do it. Yeah, I, I fall asleep a lot of times. Either sounds of waves. There's one on Amazon Prime that's great. It's like a low wave sound. It's mm -hmm. so good. They, they just go to a beach and actually record. And you get a black screen. Non-looping um, noise is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I got one off, one off Amazon. It's like 30 different sounds on it. It's non-looping. I don't know how long it goes before it loops or it comes back. It's got to be probably several hours, I guess, before you would know. But yeah, um, yeah, white noise, brown noise is good. Waves. Um, you know, or just turning on Night Rider and just having it the wave of nostalgia, speaking of waves, just wash over me. And I'd do like two or three more here. Hey, guys, it's Daryl from Buffalo again. Hey, Pat, you talk about downgrading your collection as time goes on. After you get done doing that, what are you going to be keeping and what are you going to be collecting for after you do that? All right, guys, have a good day. See you soon. I'm going to be keeping most of the NES stuff. Not all. Uh, yeah, I'll have the whole library probably still, but like I have all these box consoles. I already started selling them at SoCal. I sold, I couldn't believe, you probably couldn't believe I sold them. I sold a few, uh, couple of NES box console variants. There. Did you? Yeah, I sold an action set. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's and, right. And, yeah, and I'm sorry. Regular. I was thinking, I was thinking Long Island. I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah, SoCal. Yeah, I sold a console set. The one didn't come with anything. And I sold uh, the, the orange gun action set because that one's easier to find than the gray one before the cutoff. Uh, Turbo Graphics, I fucking adore the Turbo Graphics, obviously. That stuff's not getting sold at all because it's also very small. That's the whole collection. It's easy right collection there. to hold on. Except to. for the fucking gigantic. This this thing is a monstrosity behind me, the CD. Oh, unit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had the Turbo Duo in the box that I got from uh, Nintendo Dan, uh, which I think what he said was Cap. I got to follow up on that. Um, so I'm keeping that stuff. Probably the Master System stuff. I have a weird fondness for the Master System. So keep, Again, a small. Uh, yeah, small library. You can see right there. It's, it's tiny. And then I'll, I'll probably keep. No, uh, there's only uh, there's only like three or four box variants. I'll keep the Master System too. It's small. I'll keep the regular Master System box, which I don't know where it is, but that's not it there. That's the 3D one. So I'll keep that stuff for sure. Then obviously I'm gonna keep all the weird shit. I'm gonna keep the M8, M82. I'll keep I'll keep the fucking Sega. I, lo I love that the kiosk stuff. Uh, like when I have room, I'll probably like actually set up the kiosks. I think that'll be a cool idea to mm -hmm. actually have the Sega kiosk the M82. Absolutely. Like, uh, they had one. At, they want to have one on Long Island. 
The test, some, some like the test station I'm not in love with never was. I love the test station. Love it, love it, love it. See, stuff like that. I think I it's so cool. I think it's cool, but I don't, I don't, I got that. I was forced to buy that to get the M82. I hate to say it. I, I, um, I like, I think I like the test station more than I like the M82. Just because it's neat. It's weird. What did I do? It's more interesting to me. Okay. Anyway, so um, I'm going to do that. And then what am I going to get rid of? Anything that if I have to, I'm going to do the whole like hoarders thing. If you have to think about it more than like three seconds, sort of sell it thing. I'm going to do that for sure. Like individual games, like in the libraries where like, oh, um, I don't know. Do I really need fucking uh, look at Genesis game? Do I need fucking quack shot? Yes or no. Do I need populist? Yes or no. And if I don't have a F, do I need F22? You know, like, and then that's going to sort of no, guide me. You don't. And I'm not even going to, I'll probably not care about even the availability or rarity that much. I'll just be like, well, even if I make a mistake, I can buy it back. Yeah. Like, I felt like of all the stuff at SoCal, I felt bad about one thing that I sold that was like, you know what? I really should have kept that. And I can always buy it again. And I haven't bought it yet. So, like, that's, where I'm, that's how I'm going to sort of guide. Which one was it? I don't want to say because everyone's going to buy it. I don't want to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it doesn't go for a lot of money, but it's not, it's a little hard to find when it doesn't go for a lot of money. I'll tell you off here. Got All it. right. Let's wrap it up. Let's get one more in here. You want to do one more? Let's get one more. Hey, Pat and Ian. Tony from Massachusetts. Tony. I have a food-related question for the both of you. Sorry, Pat. I know. Intermittent fasting. Pat, is there a favorite dish of yours that Frank prepares for your get-togethers uh, during the holidays? I know you've mentioned you guys do the seven fishes. And as a fellow Italian, I'd love to know. Yeah. And Ian, is there a dish that people request for you to make to bring to special occasions or to the holidays. Thanks, guys. Um, Vani will... Uh, Vani will... Honestly, I think she just likes seeing what I come up with. I, I, I don't do a whole lot of repeat dishes, but the one thing that she probably requests of me... Uh, there's two that she requests of me very often. Uh, the tofu that I make, the way I braise my tofu... Um, she loves it and she will request that by name and uh she also loves the way and i bring this up all the time uh she loves the way i cook eggplant she was like the big eggplant hater and i turned her around like a hundred percent with really good eggplant when we first started dating and she's been a fiend for eggplant ever since okay favorite dish that frank oh, god i mean there's so many good stuff that frank frank makes a really good burger Makes a, great sauce. makes a fucking great of sauce. Of course, the sauce. Come on, forget about it. The, the, the sauce is great. His sauce with sweet Italian sausage. Was uh, just, his, I his, think about it. His sister makes uh, a, the really good um, eggplant uh, dish around Christmas. I forget what it's called, where you put the chopped little carrots in it. And oh my god, where it's like mushed up the eggplant. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, oh my, and it has like the you put the you put like the a red sauce on yeah. top. Oh my god, I'm fucking starving now. This is well, um, this was a good one to choose as um, the last question. <laughs> Frank makes really good sausage and peppers. We have I actually brought that up to him a couple weeks ago. I said, Frank, it's been like years since you made sausage and peppers. Because he can go, he goes, gets a nice Italian, he gets the Italian rolls from Mona Lisa. Yeah, those you rolls know. are so good. Um, does that. Um, and then he makes like Frank is a really good cook in general. Like he makes a good just like he'll make like a chicken and put like like oranges in it, like like orange seasoning, like an like and it's delicious. Just a, like like a chicken, put it in the oven. Just and he likes he make he does the um the he does the the potatoes with rosemary on them rosemary like seasoning and you know you put them you crisp oh yeah Ro- rosemary oven potatoes amazing uh great tip fucking great uh parboil uh, not parboil necessarily but boil the potatoes a little bit first drain the water let them sit in the steam and they get a little like 
they get a little mushy on a little mashy on the sides a little mashy and then you bake them in the oven and they get so fucking crispy from that i have no idea you, how. Well, how do you slice them when they're mushy so you, you basically you chop them up you dice them oh you dice them first okay. yeah you boil them for maybe four minutes okay so that they're still pretty firm on the inside but they start to cook a bit around the edge you shake the pot a couple of times and it kind of mashes up the outside of the potatoes and for some reason that results when you bake them it results in insanely crispy oven potatoes so fucking good so good see you potato cast right here well that's good i'm i'm starving me too i'm definitely going uh, to go get that uh eggplant sandwich Jeez. Oh, we skipped a question. We can do it real quick. I, I skipped one on the list. We'll do like a 10-second one. Uh, sorry, I skipped it here. What happened to it? <laughs> My uh, stomach is grumbling. I know. I know. I went to the food one probably by instinct, and I shouldn't have done it. But one more. Hey, guys. Uh, Green from Costa Rica. This is Francisco. I would like to know what do you think about a port of Kitty Kiri Surprising for Nintendo Switch? I mean, the original one was great, but... I mean, the control was not good. Aiming with a touchscreen is a crime. I think the game had really good on-rail shooter sections and great on-foot battles. And I think that's the only thing it needed, a better controller. So I don't know. What do you think about this? Uh, it, it's one of the best Nintendo games, and I absolutely... It's one of the best... I think it's one of the better Nintendo games in concept in a long time, and I hate playing it because... The fucking weird shoehorned-in control scheme was absolutely miserable. I would have suffered through it, but as a lefty, it was even worse. And I, it was just, I, I couldn't fucking play it. I would really love to see that game get a Switch port. There is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, holding that game back from, from being ported to another system. None of the control scheme was necessary. So yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. Listen, I, I think it's a, a real lost opportunity that they're not porting it. Listen to Ian, get on the Nintendo. Simple, somewhat simple port. Just change the controls on that one. Let's do it. All right, that's it for the podcast. We're starving. This is a fun one. We had fun with our clickbait. Yeah, we did. Um, that'll time. be funny. Um, should probably take a better picture than that, but that's fine. It'll do. It'll, it'll, it'll do. Pig. It'll do. Pig. It'll do. All right. We'll, we'll see you next week for some sh- more shenanigans. Bye. Bye. Bye.